Hey guys, what's up? It is another episode of the Sassanac Files headed your way. This is Chelsea. This is Rebecca. And guess what we're talking about today? We're talking about the wedding and I am so excited. It definitely made my list of top three episodes of season one. I freaking love this episode. You know, I think it did on mine too. I think so. And in case you guys are wondering what we're talking about, we are planning on doing a Simply the Best episode at the conclusion of season one, where we talk about everything we loved about this season. So we're currently compiling our list. So yes, that's what we're talking about. And we're so excited to share it with you guys. But first, we're going to do a deep dive on 107 today. And before we get into that, let's talk about where you guys can listen to this wonderful podcast of ours. We're on Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, and our home, Podbean. And if none of that works for you guys or you just prefer a URL link, we always post the link to our Podbean website when we let you guys know that we have a new episode out there for you guys. So if you guys have any other platforms that you like to listen to podcasts on, please let us know because we are wanting to make sure that we're catering to you guys as much as possible. So if there's some other platform out there that you guys would like to have us on, just let us know and we will look into it. Without further ado, let's get into talking about the wedding. Are you ready for this? Yes. I'm so excited. Me too. So we start out with Frank and Claire walking past the courthouse. And they just are like, hey, what the hell? Let's get married. Did Frank you- is doing that. Yeah, Frank, Frank- definitely. He's like, yeah, let's get married. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. And Claire's like, let me ask you 20 questions about you because I don't want to say I don't want to get married right now. <laughs> Basically. I did not get the feeling that they had been dating a while. Like, it seemed like a really just out there thing. She was kind of like, what? I haven't even met your parents yet. You want to get married? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, maybe they had been together a couple months or something. And like, for him, he obviously just knew she was it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't think they had been dating very long at all. That scene was actually supposed to be in the middle of the episode. And in the editing room, they cut it differently so that it was the first scene. That's a good idea, actually. I like that they did not have it in the middle because they reminded us she was married. And then as we saw at the end of the episode, they really reminded us that she was married. I was like, oh, man. But I get you. I understand why you did it. Thanks for that. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it was really interesting because I guess I didn't read the script, but... I guess that scene was supposed to be kind of in the middle of the whole, like, Jamie telling her about his parents getting married and how they were kind of an unlike, it was an unlikely situation. And that got her to thinking about her and Frank. And then it flashed back to their wedding day. I think it would have ruined the flow of the episode as well. And him getting, I mean, her getting to know him. Like, and I could see where she would be thinking about Frank and her wedding, but I love that they made it like she was thinking about it basically right when she was getting married versus them two getting to know each other. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like it was good because 
you are thinking about her first wedding day and everything like that. And that's what you're seeing when the episode opens. And then it fades into her and Jamie kissing. And we're like, huh? You skipped the whole damn wedding? You have got to be kidding me. (laughs) Was everybody's reaction when they first saw this episode. There was a lot of confusion and a little bit of anger, probably. (laughs) Oh, yeah. From the book readers, for sure. Um, they're like, the fuck? But, like, I know, having been a show watcher, going like, wait a minute, I want to know what happens. Like, I want to see it. This episode is freaking titled The Wedding, and the, only the first three minutes of the episode is actually the wedding. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> we got two, so maybe we shouldn't be complaining. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Boy. But, like, yeah. I I agree with you. I don't think they had been together very long because you're right. She hadn't met his parents yet. So then we kind of get a feel for hella awkwardness between Jamie and Claire. <laughs> he walks yeah. in the attic. She's sitting there. It's like, oh boy, We're, we got to do like, this. This is this is going to be interesting. <laughs> her inner dialogue was just so interesting. Because she's talking about these pearls, and you can't forget them even if you tried. Like, pearls. She's talking about pearls. So I'm kind of curious, like, when she's thinking about this. Because it obviously makes you think, like, it's a narrative from, like, later. Oh, you think so? I I always took it as it was her uh, inner dialogue when she's sitting at the mirror, like at the vanity, getting undressed and everything like that, waiting on Jamie to come in. And she's thinking about the fact that, holy shit, I just married another guy. And my husband, whom I love, is in a different time period. And like she's thinking about all her memories of them, which made sense in the context of the memory of her and Frank's wedding. And just kind of like all of those little memories that are like pearls on a strand, cut the knot and they scatter across the floor. You don't forget them, but the strand isn't held together anymore. So that's kind of interesting. I took it as because Jamie gives her pearls. Hmm. She's probably talking as like an older lady. There's like a million different directions this web could go. Let's be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Jamie comes in, you're right, super awkward, because they gotta do the deed, quote-unquote, and he's being respectful, you know, just, like, keeping his distance, and then he kind of says a funny joke, because she goes, well, I'm surprised that they're down there, and they're not, like, coming in here to watch us, and he goes, well, Rupert and Angus wanted to, but (laughs) I told him to stay out of it, basically. Yeah, Yeah. he's just trying to lighten the mood a little bit he knows that she's stressed about it he's not exactly thrilled and he knows it's an awkward situation he's trying to put her at ease that's one thing about this entire episode really is that he's going at her speed he's constantly looking at her like is this okay like are are you okay like do you want to slow down And I really love that, that he knows it's awkward for her and he knows she's not ready for something like that, but that it has to be done. And he's making sure that everything that he does is at her speed. She takes the lead the whole episode with everything. It just, Mm -hmm. it was interesting. 
at the same time, I feel really bad for him because he's trying to make her feel better. And like they have the whiskey toast and everything. And she just keeps shooting back the alcohol. Like, I'm going to have to yep. be piss ass drunk before I can make myself do this. And he sees that. Like, I mean, yep. he feels so yep. bad for him that he's like, wow, is it that bad? You know, I know it's not yep. ideal, but. It really upsets me seeing her do that because he's like mm-hmm. honoring her by saying all these great things. And then she's like, oh, <laughs> like, that's pretty much the entire first half of the episode. There's a turning point. And it's pretty easy to see what that turning point is. But up until then, she's like, I'll do what I have to do, but otherwise don't touch me, essentially. You know, like, yep. Well, she's still <laughs> married. Let's be honest. Like, Frank is actually alive. It's it's awful. I It's pretty easy to understand how she's feeling. It would be horrible. To oh, yeah. It's con- and I think Katrina <laughs> Belf did an amazing job showing the confusion within Claire, like the conflicted nature of the situation. It's not easy by any means. Like it's hard to imagine what that would be like. One silver lining thing about this entire thing is we finally found out Jamie's last name. It's Fraser, ladies and gentlemen, Fraser. (laughs) We got his whole name and it's great. (laughs) Also in that scene, That corset looks so uncomfortable. The majority of the corsets that they wear over the course of the show, yeah, I know they're not comfortable, but at least it doesn't look like it's cutting off the circulation in your boobs. God. (laughs) It's literally a little bit to where it's blocking her nipples. Okay? Like, legitimately. (laughs) She's already not big-chested anyways, which is fine. But, like, Mm -hmm. literally, I'm like, are her nipples about to pop out? I am really worried. (laughs) Because she keeps breathing. And I'm like, there's one right there. I really do love that he's just being really sweet and just letting it be how it's going to be and making her feel comfortable. Because she's drinking. And he goes, I want you to know I wasn't planning on forcing myself on you. And she goes, I didn't think you would. And I'm like, why are you pounding him down right Mm -hmm. in front of him when he's being sweet? It's uncomfortable for both of you. And what makes it even more sad is that it's clear he does like her. And just to see his facial expressions every time she kind of disses him in a way, like when he put his hand on her neck, you know, and then she kind of like Mm. did that thing. And I went, oh, that hurts. Like, come on. It does. It physically hurts me because I know how much he cares about her. And he's trying. He's trying so hard this entire episode to make her feel comfortable and to show that like, you know, this is going to be okay. Like I'm going to treat you. Okay. I know it wasn't your choice, but yeah, I'm going to try to do my best by you. And she's just not having it. So I can see her point of view because yes, she is married to Frank, but I also feel really bad for Jamie at the same time. Totally. My gosh. He tells her he's so passionate. You have my name. You have my clan. You have my, Family and everything, and if needed, the protection of my body. I love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One thing that I really love about this episode in general is the genius way that they decided to format it with, okay, Jamie and Claire are in the little loft area, and that is the consistent, that's the present storyline. And then you're constantly getting flashes to what happened leading up to that point. And it all starts with, why did you decide to marry me? 
And he's saying, yep. well, I didn't see that I had much choice in the matter. And it flashes to Dougal and Ned and Murta all in the stables with Jamie talking about, look, this is what happened with Claire and Randall. It's very clear that the only way out of this situation is to marry her to somebody. Jamie drew the the short straw. I wouldn't call it a short straw, but he was the one that got tapped on the shoulder. So Jamie's like, okay with it. He's like, whatever, this is what has to be done. He's just minding his own business, being nice to the horse and petting the horse. And then all of a sudden you hear Ned go, the marriage must be consummated. And his head whips up and he turns around. He's like, what the fuck? Like, is yeah. Claire okay with yep. this? <laughs> well, because Ned says people either have to be in the building or in the room. And he goes, does Claire know about all of this? Like, And then Jamie's like, she doesn't have a choice. And Murta perks up his head. He's like, I thought you didn't hold with rape, Dougal. Yep. Part of me wondered if this was happening in the in-between time when Claire and Blackjack are having their conversation in the garrison commander and Dougal disappears. Oh, and I'm thinking that's my thing. No, but I don't think it was because and this is why, because when they walk out of the stable, Jamie makes the comment about, well, I'll if she does become my wife, I'll thank you to stop talking about her like she's some common whore. And then Dougal says, look, like she took a few blows at the hands of Randall, which is a fair sight less than I would expect from any ordinary woman. But what do you think is going to happen? If she gets into his hands again. So that's what I'm like. Oh, okay. So this is clearly happening after all of that is going down. You're right. It was when they got back. And I think maybe even before he actually went and talked to her and handed her the drink. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm wondering, because Jamie at the end of the garrison commander is resigned to it. He's clearly been informed already of what is happening. And He's just giving Claire the rundown, essentially. Like, I'm cool with it if you are. P.S. Yeah, so I'm this, a virgin. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> just, by the way, little note at the bottom with an asterisk. <laughs> like, it's fine. <laughs> Jamie goes in for the kiss, I guess, after he's uh, been talking. He was so close. He was so excited. He's like, oh, she's going to let me kiss her. And then, like, literally <laughs> millimeters... And she's like, tell me about your family. I'm like, uh-uh. Cold move, Claire. Cold move. Um, It's like she panicked. She was ready for it. She was giving him the eye, you know? And then she panicked. And she's like, whoa, not yet. Yeah. So So I I think I honestly would have been like her. Like, tell me about your family at least before we have to do anything. Because that way I feel Mm -hmm. like I know you. I love that it was both of them sharing you know like he would say something and then she would share some stuff about her life so that was pretty cool it was a really genius thing they did to show the passage of time by the lighting of the candles yep so it was daylight when this whole conversation started and then it shows her lighting the candle as he's continuing to talk and this whole loft by candlelight thing was a great idea it's just gorgeous the lighting is fantastic in this episode yeah, it complemented everything really well. And they look good by candlelight. So let's just be oh, honest. Yeah. They both do. Everybody in Outlander looks good by candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By, by fire. <laughs> there you go. This whole voiceover during this entire thing 
she's talking about he was charming, a born storyteller like most Scots. And I'm like, yeah, he really is charming. Like, I'm just looking at his, like, sweet little face and how expressive he is when he's telling these stories and how she's just kind of finds herself relaxing as he's talking. And, yeah, he's a charmer for sure, that Jamie Fraser. Which makes me think it is more future Claire telling someone this story. Because how would she know full on yet? that Scotsmen are actually as good storytellers as they are. She's only really had experience with Jamie like that. Yeah, I mean, I we do know from the context of the story that she did meet and know several Scots while she was in the army during World War II. And then, of course, they vacationed to Scotland. So there could be that argument to be made as well, I guess. Like we said earlier, there are 10,000 different options. The same with the original voiceover in 101 Sassanac. When is she telling that story? Is she telling it presently? Is she telling it from the end of the series? So on and so forth. But yeah, definitely valid option. I'm not discounting that at all. And then they get interrupted by Timon and Pumbaa, basically. (laughs) 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 Oh my god! And, um, oh my god, I can't get Timon out of my head dancing. The hula dance. Um, so Jamie's like, what are y'all doing in here? And, he, and Angus goes, we were just coming by for a nice cup of tea. And then Rupert goes, we're checking to see if you know, you know, and he like starts thrusting. And Jamie's like, what the fuck are you all doing right now? Like, go away. You are embarrassing me. And they're freaking out because they obviously haven't done the deed. And Rupert's like, you can still do it with your clothes on. And Angus is like, yeah, but not on your wedding night. Those two. Like, I'm sure he was like, oh, crap. They probably killed the mojo completely. And she's never going to touch me tonight. But no, he turns around and Claire's like, well, we should get to it. Well, first of all, she says they're related to you and just bursts into laughter. And he goes, Rupert, kind of. (laughs) Just a very, a very distant cousin. It's okay. (laughs) We all all have those family members where we're like, only a little bit. We're only a little bit related. So anyway, yes, then they transition to the, well, I guess we should go to bed. And he goes, to bed or to sleep? And duh, like, he would obviously want that differentiating. And then Claire goes, well, get over here. Let's fuck. (laughs) That is literally what Katrina said in that take. (laughs) And for those of you that don't know the story, so Anna Forrester, who directed this episode, took Katrina aside and said, okay, this next take, I want you to say, get over here, let's fuck. And they didn't tell Sam. (laughs) So whenever that take went, and he said to bed or to sleep, and then she goes, well, get over here. Let's fuck. And that look that he gives, like that surprise, like little look, that yep. is genuine. <laughs> yep. That yep. is the cut that they use for that. And that is just genius. Perfect. Because she's like, well, and his face is like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, we're doing this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's so excited. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just male virginity, guys. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> I was so excited. So when the episode started, I was just like, Jamie's virgin. He's not going to be anymore. 
It's so funny because in the book, there's like an inner dialogue where Claire says, being with Jamie that night essentially made her think that male virginity was sorely underrated. He was just so happy and joyous and like willing to do anything to make her happy and joyous as well. And she's like, I feel like it's an underrated commodity, guys. Like, (laughs) it is. And like, I loved that line in the book. It was cute. And Jamie's cute. And Sam played him really well in this episode. Just his innocence and just Mm -hmm. everything. So it was good. The whole act of him removing her corset. And, like, uh, them undressing each other, I guess. I really loved that because it's them being timid with each other, but also, like, they're giving each other these shy smiles. And (laughs) then Jamie has this look on his face as he, like, continues to take the cord out of her corset. He's like, holy shit, does it ever end? God, like, I'm surprised people had as many kids as they did with that amount of clothing women wore. It's like, oh, my God. They didn't wear (laughs) underwear, so there's Um, that. Oh, that makes sense. Maybe nobody ever got naked as much. Let's put yeah, it that way. Exactly. <laughs> Which gives more credence to Rupert's comment. But on your wedding night, take right, them off. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> oh. on the wedding night, folks. No other time do you have to take that much time. But you're right, though. That scene was just really cute. Even him touching her, just her, like, neck shoulder was just... It was a hot scene. It was good stuff. Mm-hmm. I just kept thinking, like, how awkward is all of this? This sucks. And I went, damn it, Frank, like, he popped into my head during this whole moment. I went, why are you here? (laughs) So (laughs) I wrote down horsey time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, they have this really great kiss beforehand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. She's like, where'd you learn to kiss like that? Like, oh boy, this might not be as bad as I was thinking it's going to be. <laughs> you can see the wheels <laughs> in her head. Yeah. And then the belt, oh, when the belt hits the floor, like there are so many gifs about that and memes about that, but it is literally yep. gone from that point on. Yeah. Well, like, cause he was ready to go cause he had just touched her breast and then she's like, my turn. And then he goes, okay. Like, he had to take a second because he was, like, in it now. (laughs) One thing that really bothered me about this whole thing (laughs) from the very first time I watched this, Jamie doesn't freaking take off his boots. I'm just so confused. I mean, I guess you don't have to take off your boots, but it's just, like, the whole point. You bother to take off the kilt, but you leave the boots on. He can leave the boots on anytime. (laughs) Yeah. I guess. <laughs> just just, just like, take your shoes off before we're going to do this, okay? Shoes off. <laughs> no shoes in the bed. Haven't we discussed this? <laughs> I'm fine. He looked good with that long shirt and the boots. Uh, like, yeah. thank you. <laughs> he would look good in a chicken suit, let's be honest. Yes. Sam, can you make that happen? Please and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we need to put this theory to the test. <laughs> The awkwardness is pretty much on from there. Yeah, he thought he knew what he was doing. So Claire turned around to make sure it was the proper way to do it, to have it be legal. <laughs> you went from there. And um, and she's like, Jamie, you're crushing me. And he obviously gets off her. And then boom. And then he has a smirk on his face like, oh, yay. That was fun. And she's He's just so like, proud of himself. I know. And then they have the whole conversation 
where they talk about doing it like horses. <laughs> but there's this one really great shot where Katrina has come up on her elbow and she's got her head resting on her fist. And the camera is shooting through that space in her arm and Sam's face is right there. And I'm like, that's a really gorgeous shot. That shot catches my attention every time I watch this episode. I love it. Wow. I've never noticed that. So I will have to go back and check out what you're talking about. It's cute. Yeah. So he tells her he thought it was like horsies. And she laughs when she said she wasn't going to. And she's like, I'm sorry. I told you I wasn't going to. And then he says, well, can I ask you, did you like it? And she just freezes. He goes, oh, like, I've been told by all the men that women don't generally like it. Her face kind of goes, no, that's not it. (laughs) You don't uh, get it. Yeah. And she gets up, walks away. And he's feeling really bummed because. Come on, Jamie. It's your first time. Let's be honest. Okay. For one thing. But also, this was, again, to go back to like, we do think he genuinely likes her. So that's gotta suck to have that thought process going in your brain. Like she really just doesn't want to be with me at all, even Mm -hmm. in this situation. Well, she says, I do like it, Jamie. But she's saying in her head, like, there it is. I'm an adulterer. All this stuff. She turns around and she's crying. And Jamie goes, oh. Um, like, he's happy that she likes it, but at the same time, he's like, I don't un- I don't understand. Yeah, like, why are you crying? Um, and then she goes to leave, and he's, like, trying to stop her, because we find out in just a second, all the men are like, yeah, go, Jamie! And he goes, you need to go back in here, or they won't leave us alone. Gosh, all the men. So funny, those boys. And I love Rupert. He's like, yeah. Jamie, how was your first time? Did you bleed? Oh, but they're all, like, ragging on him, and he handles them very well. He knows exactly how to treat all of them that are kind of making fun of him. And he goes, okay, now there's no reason for y'all to stay up now. And he goes, well, hopefully you do. Murta, oh, he's yeah, so happy for him. And he, yeah, he, like, leans in and pats him on the shoulder with his yeah. big smile. Like, oh. Yeah. It was cute. And then, Dougal. of course, Dougal has to ruin everything. Ugh. What like, an asshole. Like, the whole feeling of that moment goes away really quickly because he opened his mm-hmm. mouth. Dougal is a party pooper, everybody. Like, what is his deal? Like, what an asshole. That's, that's all I got. And I love how, because he makes the comment, like, I don't think you thanked me for finding you... You know, I'm not even going to dignify his line with quoting it because I'm just like, that's offensive. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I love how Jamie just gives him this look and then they flash to Jamie back upstairs, like didn't even give one second's thought to anything that Dougal had to say. And he went back up to Claire and Claire's like, I can't believe he told you that. (laughs) Jamie's like, yep. Yeah. Well, this is what I told him. Yeah, I'm completely under her power and happy to stay there. And he hands her cheese. Good man. (laughs) Yes. So this kind of leads into one of my favorite parts of this episode, which is where, well, first, he goes and touches her neck like we were talking about earlier, and she kind of shies away from him. And she kind of basically is like, don't touch me. Get away from me. (laughs) Yeah, don't touch me. Yep. And... Uh, so he like recoils a little bit and he's like, okay, I thought we were past this, you know? Exactly. Um, he walked away from her. 
Mm-hmm. He just gives her this look like he's trying to be patient, but he's kind of losing patience at the same time. I can't say I blame him. They have done the deed. They had sex. Like, you would think that she'd kind of be okay with him touching her at this point. Because, like, they're married now. This has to be a part of it. In a way, they're going to be together. Claire kind of sees that she might have been a little harsh, I guess. She felt bad about it. (laughs) And so she's like, I'm sorry, you know. And he comes back over. He's like, you know what? No big deal. He, He decides to let it go. And he's playing with her hair. And this line that he says, oh, God. It's like the water in a burn, the way it ruffles down the rocks, dark in the wavy spots with wee bits of auburn where the sun touches it. He is so smooth. Like, oh, my God. He's he's amazing with words. He's just a romantic with a sweetheart. Because she was like, I always thought my hair was dull brown. And he goes, no, not dull it's at not all. Dull. And, and it made me think he sees her. Did Frank yep. ever really see her? And then I felt conflicted because I do think Frank really does love her. It just sucks because I think Jamie really sees her versus yep. Frank, if that makes sense. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah, he's oh. he's basically saying that nothing about her is dull to him like she's beautiful it's just another way of him telling her that so she redirects when he tries to take her shawl off and he had that smirk (laughs) on his face like yeah it is a new kilt i get what you're doing (laughs) (laughs) nice and he indulges her i get it so we get the we get the whole story of the kilt from here and we see what Myrta was up to all day, which was riding to this Fraser widow five miles away to get this kilt that Jamie really wants to wear for his wedding, which is first off just sweet. But then you really see how much Myrta cares about Jamie because he's like, yeah, I almost didn't freaking give it to you because are you kidding me? Like you're going to walk out of here in Fraser Tartan, you're six foot four redhead. And you're a wanted man. Like, are you freaking crazy? <laughs> like, this is yeah. a bad idea from start to finish, it, dude. It's like he really is the only redhead who looks like him at the moment. Like, we haven't really seen any other Scotsmen that look like him. Yeah. Yep. And then Jamie is like, yeah, but this is how I want to do it. I'm only getting married once in my life. I want it to be perfect for both of us. Like, he says he wants to do it in a way that makes his mother proud. He's such a sensitive boy. He's thinking about his mama the whole time. And he asks Myrta, like, what do you think of Claire? And he goes, like, what does it matter? And Jamie just gets a bit sad because he's like, I'm trying to, like, freaking get some answers from you. I need to know I'm doing the right thing here. I have, I don't have my mom. I don't have my dad to talk to. You are my godfather. Talk to me. Myrta can pick up on it, obviously. So he turns around. Um, Myrta starts talking about Jamie's mother and her smile um, and how men would travel far and wide just to see her smile. And he says, Claire's smile is just as sweet. And that made it very easy for Jamie, I guess, to feel more comfortable with this and see that he was doing the right thing. So that just like opened the door to Myrta as well. Like, what a softie. I think so. that on some level, Myrta also knows Claire is a good match for Jamie. Like, they'll be good for each other. 
as awkward yeah. of a situation as it is, like I think he's stepped away from it enough to see that they're a good match for each other as well. So from there, we get uh, Claire makes the comment, well, Dougal was in so much of a hurry. And he's like, yeah, but I slowed him down. And we get to see what everybody else was up to in the time leading up to the wedding. All that was great. I just love that Dougal gets so frustrated and says, Christ, it would be easier to kill you both. And Jamie goes, harder to explain. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Jamie was going to make this special. He was not only doing it for himself, but he was doing it for her. He was going to give her a wedding. And what I found crazy is she actually gets a wedding with him. She didn't really get the wedding wedding with Frank. She gets a wedding with Jamie, though. Jamie's telling her (laughs) what Ned did, too, which (laughs) go find her dress. And I love one of the lines that the whore says. She is like, well, maybe you shouldn't be shopping for a dress in a whorehouse then. <laughs> I'm like, yep. Yeah, valid point. I love that the lady who runs the place says no woman should have to wear another woman's dress on her wedding day. I mean, if it's your choice, fine. But like, she, no woman should have to wear another woman's mm-hmm. wedding dress. And I just thought, that's really nice. It should be your dress. Which brings me to my random thought of the episode, which is, what happens to that dress after all of this is going down? (laughs) You see her shake it out of the very end, but then I'm like, do they just box it up and keep it in some random room at Castle Leak? Because we never see it again. It's never repurposed for anything. And wow, it just makes me wonder. I wonder if they did send it to Leak because they did send all the clothes there, but I don't know. Maybe they sold it after, which would be sad because it's, like, freaking beautiful. It's a gorgeous um, dress. They use, but- uh, like, shredded mica crystals to make the feathers reflective in it because they knew they wanted it to be eye-catching. So they literally spent hours and hours and hours flaking mica to create this reflective material, and then they, like, put it into the thread to embroider these feathers into her dress. It's insane how much detail went into that dress. Interesting. I don't even know what you're talking about. It's kind of like a, it's a natural substance, like a rock or almost like a really soft rock or something. It flakes super easy. Everything is time period accurate. So they wanted it to be something that could have, even if it wasn't done technically, it could have been done. It was a technique that could have been used. And the type of embroidery that they used for those feathers was it hasn't been used in like hundreds of years. And so they had somebody on their team learn how to do that embroidery to put the feathers into her dress. That dress was really heavy. Did you know that Katrina actually sat in, on something while the wedding part was going on? Because it was oh, so heavy. Oh, I believe heavy. it. Yeah. <laughs> it was because of all the pleats in the fabric, it's got like like 20 times more fabric than it looks like it has on it because of all the pleats in the skirt. It's insane. Just such a beautiful dress. It's gorgeous, yeah. They say to Ned, like, a shilling for it, and he goes, all right. And then he whips out his bag that's filled with coins. And then the one chick is like, hey, you want to, like, spend some more time here? And he's like, uh, yes. (laughs) Oh, my God, they brought her to the wedding. (laughs) 
I know, I know. And Jamie's like, did you not see the strumpet at the wedding? And she's like, oh, that's who that was. Yeah, well, like, she's also going, you're lying now. And Jamie goes, I swear, Ned told me it happened this way. I am not making this up. I could not make this up. I swear. Jamie asks her what she was doing, which was drinking. There's this fantastic shot when they transition from, like, where she's looking into the bottle. And then as they, like, zoom in on the bottle and then it cuts. It's so seamless. It's fantastic. They cut from the zoomed-in bottle through the fabric of a sheet, and then the sheet gets pulled off of her, and there's Myrta. It really is a good shot. <laughs> She's obviously got a hangover and stuff. They flash back to Jamie and Claire, and he's like, so do you even remember anything from your own wedding? And she goes, some things were vivid, yeah, but I do have a monstrous hangover, though. And he goes, I remember everything. Oh, my God. When he came out of the church, it was like he stepped outside on a cloudy day and suddenly the sun came out. Yeah. It was originally a Claire line in the books and they swapped it to a Jamie line. Yep. Which I thought was a fantastic choice. I completely agree with you. The music's playing, just beautiful music, and they're zooming up on Claire with the dress, just gorgeous. But the coloring changed. Did you notice that? So, like, when he was saying it was, like, on a cloudy day, the sun came out. Like, the coloring changed in the scene when he said that. So it I was, thought that was yeah, cool. It was great. And Jamie sees her. Just perfect. But before they even zoom in on Jamie, you see Dougal. Because she's looking at Dougal. And he just nods his head. But then you look at Myrta with this huge smile on his face. How adorable are you? And then... They go to Jamie, he walks up to Claire, and he bows, which, how great is that? Ugh, I love that moment. And then he goes, your servant, madam. He takes it so seriously, I love it. I'm like, man, that is some good stuff right there. Because it's, yeah. there's so much in that statement, it's really good. And I love that whole moment. And then she goes, I can't marry you, I don't even know your name! <laughs> You see the look on his face at that moment. She's like, I can't marry you. And he just, like, there's this moment of almost fear on his face where he's like, what? What's wrong? Like, what did I do? Oh, I felt so bad. Anyway, and then she's like, I don't even know your last name. And that's when we find out what his name is. And he just has this little smile on his face. Like, it's Fraser. And you can see Myrta right after Jamie says, James Alexander Malcolm Mackenzie Fraser. Like, Marta was like, yeah. <laughs> what really like, gets me about this entire sequence is when they turn to go into the church and you see Claire pause and take off her wedding ring. You just know, like, well, this is personally how I feel, that that was the moment that she was talking about with Jamie about, well, some things are very vivid. And you just know that that's the moment that she's talking about. She remembers taking off her wedding ring. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) That, oh, God. Oh, you poor thing. I feel so bad. And Jamie's waiting for her to walk in there first. But, yeah, I completely agree. Like, that's the only moment that makes sense. Because she's not thinking about anything else except Frank. They go into the vows part, and the music's just so beautiful. Go Bear. That was freaking great. I love that part Um, with all the music, their theme and how it swells around them. It's just, 
So gorgeous. So amazing. Fantastic. Yep. And then Dougal shows up to cut both of their wrists so he can connect their wrists together, which I kind of think is sweet in a way to kind of like share the blood, but I don't know if I want that deep of a cut. (laughs) It kind of shows the seriousness, but then it's also just kind of sad because there were so many marriages that were not very good, but like Jamie, you know, for sure is taking this seriously. Can we talk about the irony of having a pagan ritual at the end of a Catholic wedding ceremony? Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. We'll definitely like cut ourselves open and speak some Gaelic over our bound wrists. But I just find it completely ironic that these very religious people that are willing to burn a woman at the stake for witchcraft because she maybe heals somebody differently or does this, that, or the other, but they do a pagan ritual after a Catholic wedding ceremony. It's just, it's all <laughs> Priorities, it people. Like, the priest is literally smiling the whole time. Maybe he knew they were soulmates, you know? He's like, these are soulmates. These two are going to make it. You want to know what he's really thinking? I got windows in my church. Windows, yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Oh my god. Man, Dougal was gonna kill him. He was legit like, I need to kill somebody. And then Willie steps between them and just owns Bible verses, you know? And then, you know, this surprise look from Dougal, he's like, what the hell? You would memorize it too if Father Bane was your pastor person. And then they're both going back and forth, him and the priest, and then he goes, you're you're saying the verse, it's in the wrong spot, and he goes, it's all Hebrews. Like, it's good enough, okay? It's good enough. Fast forwarding to the vows in Gaelic. She asks him, like, what did they say? And he goes, you are blood of my blood and bone of my bone. I give you my body that we too may be one. I give you my spirit till our life shall be done. That's intense language, man. You gotta yep. really take that seriously. And... Man, does she give him a kiss. And he just has this little side grin on his face, and he's looking at her like, okay, maybe this isn't going to be as bad as I think. And that's basically what he tells her when it flashes back to them in the room. He's like, when you kissed me like that, I thought that maybe you weren't so sorry to be married to me after all. I love that moment, actually. I think Sam, that was like probably my favorite favorite little moment right there in the entire episode with him because he shows how young Jamie is and at the same time like really just opening up because he seemed a little nervous to say that to her and so she reaches out touches his arm and she gets up off the bed and he's confused like why is she going away right now I thought we had a moment (laughs) and then she turns around and goes take off your shirt I want to look at you it just, he listens to her. It just blows my mind. I, oh my God. I think it's literally because he knows she has far more experience in this area than he does. So he's like, yeah, yeah. you go ahead and take the lead. But he looked nervous for like a second there to take off his shirt fully right in front of her. Sure like he was. Just for a second. Yeah. Everybody feels insecure. I mean, you could be the most attractive person on the planet, but I'm sure you still have moments where you feel like you're not good enough. Yeah, so that's probably just, yeah, just self-conscious for a minute. And then he's like, okay, well, we're going to do this. 
she touches his chest and just walks around him in circles, touches his butt. She doesn't touch his back at all, which is just, I think, really sweet. Of course, he's getting all turned on. And then he goes, oh, well, then I showed you, you show me. Um, It's so cute. And she does. And he's like, whoa. And she goes, have you not seen a naked woman before? And he goes, yes, but not one so close and not one that's mine. Damn, oh, right? That was, yeah. a, that was a good sex time. Let's be honest. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and I, all I could think was, Jamie's a fast learner. I feel I like it's pretty it. self-explanatory I mean, what to do, almost. Yes, <laughs> it is pretty self-explanatory, but at the same time, like, he just takes charge of the situation. <laughs> He's like, all right, yeah. let's do this. I wonder, though, it's just because they're both so turned on why it happened so quickly for her. But, like, he's just very present, so I don't, I don't know. I feel like we're just all born to know what we're doing basically but yeah for everybody every woman it's different but like again I do think the factor plays in that she just was ready let's be honest Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and it was so cute I mean who wouldn't let's we were all ready again pants burned okay so like or what what was it called what is your line Chelsea set your pants on fire yes set your pants on fire moment she is very happy. And then she got really happy. And he goes, oh, like, did I hurt you? I'm sorry. I just I didn't know what was happening. She goes, no, you didn't hurt me. Fuck, why did you stop? <laughs> She's extremely vocal. Like, I'm sorry. That would probably scare me, too. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then, I mean, come on. <laughs> He doesn't know, the poor guy. He's like, oh my god, no. sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then and then she goes, no, you're okay, you didn't hurt me. And he goes, oh, like, so does this happen all the time? And she goes, only when a man's a very good lover. That is the moment, like, in the books, which I, I don't know how they would have conveyed this exactly, but in the books, he, like, sets his mind to it. He's like, basically, show me how it's done. Like, I want to make mm-hmm. sure I serve you properly every time. In the book... In that moment, he says, will you tell me? So that way that keeps happening. He knows that he's going to enjoy himself no matter what, but he wants to make sure that she enjoys herself too. Isn't that cute? It's, like, It's fuck. adorable. It's like, I wish every, every relationship was like that. Like, don't be selfish. Come on. Listen, sex was made for the woman. Okay, let's be real. I know the lie out there that's gone around for generations upon generations, but whichever guy started that, let me tell you, he needs a timeout. Let's go back in time and do that. Okay, back to the moment. So she gets on top of him and says only when he's a very good lover. And he's like, all right. And so she goes to bite him. um, And he goes, ow. (laughs) And she goes, do you want me to stop? And he goes, no. Which I thought was really sweet to show, like, she's asking, does this feel good for you? Do you want me to keep Mm -hmm. going? And shows respect to both of them because he wouldn't have done anything that she didn't want. So I just thought, good. I love that they're showing this. This is why I love Outlander. One of the reasons is they tell you how to have good sex between two people. You know, it's supposed to be with Well, and I think that she's also driving home the point that 
for women, it's not always a completely pleasurable experience, but that's not always the point. Like, it doesn't mean that it doesn't feel good, I guess. And so she's showing him that, like, okay, but you're still turned on, right? Like, it hurts, but you're you're still kind of, you're okay with it. <laughs> and that's yeah. like, oh, the light bulb clicks. He's like, okay. Because he's all like, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt you. And she's like, yeah. it's not always all about that. Let me show you. And so she does. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's all a very educational experience all the way around. Yeah, he knows that she can do something for him, too. And mm-hmm. she does. When he's speaking in Gaelic and she's like, what'd you say? And he's like, I thought my heart was going to burst. <laughs> just an adorable man. And then he falls asleep. <laughs> she just gives him the sweetest little smile, like, you're so cute. <laughs> you know, after yeah, he falls yeah. asleep and she's looking at him. But he's also smiling, too, which is, yeah. like... Yeah. Which is the first time that she sees him smile in his sleep. And that's something that, like, we get for the rest of the series mentioned off and on. So it's just really cute. Yeah. And she gets up. And because she's not falling asleep anytime soon. So <laughs> she <laughs> gets the kilt and yep. goes downstairs. <laughs> My initial thought was Katrina loves kitties. So it was like she had to stay focused. She's getting food and Dougal shows up. Oh, dude. And basically says, you know, we could still, you know. And she's like, even though you're married to my nephew, we can still, you know. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah. You're disgusting, Dougal McKenzie. And I love how she kind of just stands up and she says, I'm Jamie's wife. And it's like, yeah, you are, girl. Get it. (laughs) Yep. And then he was about to do something if Rupert had not shown Locked up in. or was about to because Dougal was like <sighs> getting interrupted. I love that Claire turned around before she left and actually said, thank you, Rupert, for the ring. It's beautiful. And he's like, well, thank you. You're welcome. Like, congratulations on your wedding. It was really <laughs> sweet because I don't think he expected a thank you. And I love that. Claire did that partly just to piss Google off at the same time. Right. <laughs> and then Rupert says, oh, well, I know Jamie doesn't have experience, but she looks well-ridden. And Dougal punches him in the face. And I'm like, dude, she is not yours. Like, what is your deal? Like, are you really jealous of your nephew right now? Like, this doesn't make sense. He's so weird. <laughs> this, oh my God, this is my favorite sex time between them in the episode. But even before that is when Claire's sitting by the fire and Jamie wakes up and sees her. And I'm actually curious. Do you think he could sense something was up with her because she was sitting alone there? Like, do you think he could kind of tell maybe something was off or he was just, or do you think he was just staring at her? I think, yeah, I think he was just like, oh, that's my wife and she's absolutely gorgeous. And oh yeah, I've got these pearls. Now would be a great time to give them to her. Yeah, I can't say it enough. He's just amazing. He hands her the pearls. He just, like, drops them right in front of her, puts them around her neck. He's just telling her that they were his mom's. He goes, they're very precious to me, as are you, Claire. How sweet is that after a moment with Dougal? You know what I mean? Just Mm -hmm. to have him say, you're mine and you're very precious. And you could tell Jamie was, like, kind of nervous to say that to her because Mm -hmm. he really does feel for her. 
I think the whole point of it is he wants her to know that he's going to cherish her and take care of her and that it's going to be okay and he's going to protect her. Like, he just keeps reiterating that because he knows. He knows the situation that she's been in. He knows that she doesn't want to be where she is. You know, they were friends before they got married and they may not love each other, but they know each other pretty well and they care about each other. And he definitely cares for her. He wants her to feel safe. Yeah. Like you said, he knows she's been trying to get away and he knows she had been married before and he doesn't know what happened to her husband. I I love that. Continually making her feel safe and letting her know he will value her. The whole um, evolution of their relationship in this episode alone was, it was very interesting to watch. And when I was reading some of the things that Anna Forrester had to say about it, she was just talking about how, because you do, you get three very distinct sex scenes in this episode. And each one, she said, the way we looked at it was each one has to earn the next one. So the first yeah. one is super awkward. They're not really sure what to do around each other. Um, And then afterward, it's kind of like you kind of get pillow talk, but it's still super awkward. And then they talk, 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 get to know each other more. And that's when they kind of are like, okay, I think we can make this work. And that second one, all the walls come down. They're learning what works for each other. It's another step in their relationship where they kind of learn the intimacies. And then this next one, this last one is lovemaking. And yeah, I love that they showed the evolution of their relationship. They show it in the dialogue and the things that happen within the episode, but it's really in these love scenes that you yep. see it very clearly, the progression. Yeah, I I agree with what you said. This one was lovemaking. It was them actually connecting. I love the music, love that she's wearing the pearls, love what Jamie says, and I love that she puts the kilt around them. And I really love how the show adapted these passages in the book. Yeah, it's it was a beautiful scene, this last scene, which after the hot and heaviness that you get in the second sex scene, it's very almost kind of anticlimactic, but at the same time, that's kind of the point. It's like they're settled into this rhythm almost. They're comfortable with each other, finally. And so it was it was beautiful in and of itself. It's yeah. my favorite between them. <laughs> I love it. I just, I love when the kilt gets added. And she's almost, yeah. again, she's showing him again what to do. Like she puts his hand on her waist. And the music, Bear McCreary. Damn. (laughs) Yeah. Every musical moment was just standout. So then Um, we pop to the next morning and Jamie's like, I'm going downstairs to get some breakfast or I might just take a bite out of you. And she's like, I think you already did that. They're settled, you know, like it's almost whatever discomfort they had passed in the night, they came to an understanding And so at that moment when he leaves, there's almost this bubble of happiness around them. And then she shakes out the dress and the ring, Frank's ring falls out. And it's officially like the needle to the happy bubble. It's just like shit. Completely wiped that smile off her face. (laughs) And she puts the ring back on, which shows that she still cares and she still has an allegiance to Frank and she still wants to get back to him. But... 
she's finding herself caring for this man, Jamie, in a way that she never anticipated. So now she's torn. It was always Frank, 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 Frank. I have to get back to Frank. Frank is what matters. I love Frank. And now all of a sudden, Jamie's come into the picture and she's conflicted for the first time. I feel like she's more so confronted with the feeling she's been kind of developing for him versus it finally showing up. I think she was already yeah. kind of caring about him a little bit. Yeah, but I think until this point, she could chalk it up to friendship and yeah. emotions that she was experiencing because she missed her husband. But now she's realizing that, oh, crap. This is... Yeah! I I really, really, really care for this guy like I I slept with him multiple times last night we know each other very very well at this point and like I really really like him and she's like this is not okay like it's not okay I have a husband in another time that I love and I need to get back to but yeah shit like now I care for this new husband of mine too and this is not this is not gonna end well and I wonder if Mrs. Graham's tea reading you know popped into her brain Mm. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how could it not? Somebody tells you, like, your marriage line is forked instead of split, and all of this stuff happens. Like, everything has come to pass at this point. You're going to take a journey, yeah. but you're going to stay put. Your marriage line is forked, which means two marriages, but normally it's split. So, what does that mean, you know? And one of those strangers that you're going to meet on your journey staying put is your husband. Well, <laughs> yep. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Won't doubt you again. (laughs) Right. Mrs. Graham knows what she's talking about, peeps. It it was a good way to end the episode. It really just drove the point home. Y'all forgot, didn't you? In the cozy little loft with all the candlelight and all the sexy time, you forgot that she had another husband. But guess what? We're not going to let you forget. Yeah, but she forgot, too. (laughs) For like a split second. Yep, she forgot, too. Well, Well, I think she forgot a little bit longer than that. (laughs) Okay, let's get technical about it. All right, well, that officially brings us to the conclusion of our episode analysis for 107, The Wedding. But before we completely move aside from The Wedding, we still have to talk about our yummy moment, our quote of the episode, and our performance of the episode. It was really hard to choose a best performance and even a favorite quote. Like, my yum moment was really defined. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, it was tough. So, my best performance, I'm going to have to say, is Katrina and Sam combined. I think they both just really were equally freaking amazing in this episode. I agree with you completely. I wrote down Sam and Katrina as well. I did have a tendency to lean a little bit more towards Sam, but I think that's just because he had more content. As Mm. much as this is an episode about Claire and it's told from her point of view, we did have a lot of flashes to scenes that it was Jamie with other people. And it was very Jamie focused, I guess. So I was having a tendency to lean towards Sam, but then I was thinking, yeah, I think it's basically just because he had a, a few more scenes than she did. It almost felt wrong not to honor Katrina in this episode. Because I was like, I wrote Sam down at first and I went, something feels off. And I went, it is Katrina. It's both of them. Do you want to go with your favorite quote first? Sure. Okay. I said I was a virgin, not a monk. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Okay. Because 
I just was like, mm, all right, Jamie, let's see what you got. <laughs> <laughs> what was your honorable mention? Oh, um, it was Willie's quote that says, if you learned your catechism from Father Bain, you'd ken your Bible verses too. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Um, what, did you have any favorite quotes? I wrote two down. So my main one, I will say, is <laughs> Jamie. How how was your first time? Did you bleed? (laughs) If you didn't write that one down, I was going to be mad at you because you've mentioned that quote to me several times in the context of the series. (laughs) I've heard it enough. It better get honored. Seriously, it's one of the main quotes that stands out in the entire series. Like, you can't forget it. You can't even forget hearing him say it. It's just bloody fantastic. And I just, I love the part where Jamie is, the whole moment where Jamie gave her the pearls and what he's saying. They're scotch pearls. Um, They belong to my mother. And now they belong to my wife. They're very precious to me, as are you, Claire. That's a standout moment. It just makes anybody want to cry. Another one that I actually really liked that was in the same vein as that one that you just said was, I plan to be wed but one time, Myrta, so I will do so in a way that would make my mother proud. It just shows how much he longs to have his parents there with him. And he really loved his mother, and he's sad that she's not there. And he knows that Myrta is his link to them. I agree with you. Like, he really thought about his mom a lot. The fact that he says, I plan to be married one time, he is taking this so seriously. And he is this kind of person. He's probably been thinking about this. For a long time. As we can tell, he does like Claire. I would assume he had her in that spot, you know, as the wife. So before this happened, and he never was planning on to have it be like this if she was going to stay at Leoc. I love that line, too. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, What's your yummy moment? I really want to. I'm curious. I'm curious if we have the same one. Okay, so my young moment, that moment where I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) Uh, was when he was undressing her and he just had his hand, his fingers like running up her neck and her shoulder, just doing that, just that whole moment where he was doing that whole thing. I went, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Yes. Okay. So that was mine. This episode had so many good ones. Um, I mean, how could it not be? It's about a wedding night, peeps. (laughs) But my young moment was a scene that I have dubbed Naked Observations. Um, Naked Observations? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) When they're looking at each other naked. And then Claire says, well, have you never seen a naked woman before? And he's like, Oh, I have, but not one so close and not one that's mine. And he just grabs her and kisses her and takes her to bed. And I'm like, oh, yes. Mm -hmm. All the gold stars for Jamie Fraser. That one set my pants on fire, yo. That's a good one. That one has definitely done that for me multiple times. (laughs) Yeah. He just, he took control. (laughs) Yes, he did. Yes. On that note, guys. We're going to uh, close the door on 107, The Wedding. It was a fun conversation. (laughs) I love this episode so much. But it's not the end of the episode because 
we still have to talk about the Sassanac Files recommends. Did you want to go first? I do. I'm going to recommend Shameless, the American version. Um, I mean, yes, the UK one is out there. It has 11 seasons, but I've only seen, I'm going to say, either the first two or three. And the reason why I even watched it a few years back was because James McAvoy was in it. And I was like, he was in TV. First of all, mind blown. Second, it's James McAvoy. I'm going to watch anything that has a minute. So there are the two versions, and I'm curious to go back to that one. But I just watched all the 10 seasons. Well, finally, it took me freaking forever um, to watch all those seasons. And they have one more whenever that comes out, when all this crap is over and all the actors are filming again. But yeah, I would recommend that. It is definitely viewer discretion advised. It is not for everybody, but. I actually really like it, and <laughs> it definitely makes you go, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> you all are pissing me off. Like, the actors know exactly what kind of people they're playing, and I've had people tell me they know people who kind of grow up the way these kids did, so none of this is surprising them with how these people are in, like, the South Side and in Chicago, if I'm remembering. I keep forgetting the city. <laughs> and I went, okay, that kind of blows my mind. I'm sure some stuff is definitely made up, but I think the gist of what they meant, I'm like, okay, I can kind of understand them a bit more. So they are definitely a product of their environment, and there are there's definitely one character I just really love seeing their development. But man, there are some that are like, they will just piss you off every episode, basically. Just goodness <laughs> sakes. But yeah, like, I would definitely recommend that if you are bold enough to watch, because it is definitely just poof. There it is. There is no shame. There's a reason why it's called Shameless. I will say there are some storylines that kind of I didn't really like. But um, I mean, overall, it's a solid show. Again, the characters, you just end up caring about some of them a lot and yeah so if you're up for it Sassanac Files universe go for it it's a showtime show (laughs) what about you Chelsea so last night I actually finished watching the History Channel miniseries Grant it's about Ulysses S. Grant and how he kind of made a name for himself through the Civil War and then became president And it was a very eye-opening experience for me because, you know, every, every person's required to take U.S. history as part of their high school curriculum, but you never really hear much about him. You know that he's a president, you know that he was a general in the Civil War, and that's pretty much about all you know. And so he was an amazing person, guys, and he accomplished a lot. He is the reason that we won the Civil War, and he actually wrote his own memoirs, and I'm so enthralled by what I watched on the History Channel that after I read the series that I'm reading right now, I'm going to go check it out, because I'm really interested to hear his story, because he was lauded as the savior of the Union for the longest time, and then about 10 years after his death, there was a movement that went through called the Lost Cause Movement, which was essentially where a bunch of pro-South historians wrote a bunch of material about how the Confederacy was not about slavery. It was about states' rights. 
and how Lincoln and Grant and all of them, it vilified them. And so they're not necessarily Lincoln, but Grant's name was lost to history. It was all about what he accomplished during his presidency and during his time in the Union Army and um, what he did for this country and the progress that was actually made during his presidency that got erased because of this lost cause movement. It was very interesting. It piqued my interest right away. And uh, it's produced by Leonardo DiCaprio, which I thought was phenomenal. It's very well it's done. Amazing. I should definitely. Yes. Every, everything that he produces is fantastic. Everything that he acts in is awesome. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> if you love American history, or if you don't know much about Ulysses S. Grant to begin with, you should definitely watch this because it's eye-opening. And as a history buff, I was kind of just floored by it. He accomplished so much and he was really just an amazing individual. And I, it saddens me that his like, name was changed forever by the people that wrote history because he accomplished a lot. So yeah, check it out and do him a service. Get his name back out there so he can have the credit that he deserves. What I find fascinating is kind of what you had said at the beginning when you were bringing this up was that like you didn't learn much about him in your history class. And I went, it is legitimately true in like every state and especially different city you're in or town. Like they're set, dead set on certain people. Where I was in junior high and high school, all they did was talk about freaking Lewis and Clark. And I'm like, I do not care about these two people anymore. <laughs> and like the one of my, I think I was in eighth grade. My teacher was, uh, all they did was talk about the American Revolution. And I went, like in my brain, I'm going, the only reason why I know the year that happened, 1776, the actual legit thing, is because of the movie The Patriot. You had nothing to do with it. It's just fascinating the different states you go to, what they focus on. So, yep. I feel like so, I got a pretty um, comprehensive education because I was taking AP history, which is a class that you have to take and pass the test in order to get college credit for it. So it's kind of standardized. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I got a pretty comprehensive overview of everything, but we still, we, there was so much that we had to cover that we didn't dwell on any particular people or events. So yeah, I'm a history yeah. nerd. I don't think that's any news to anybody. And uh, I really enjoy these little documentaries. They had one on a history channel a few months ago, right before season five of Outlander premiered about George Washington. And it was also really good. So also should check that one out. And also another thing that stood out to me where you were saying like so much got lost in his story because other people were writing it and just kind of left them out. It just makes me think of all the other people that have been left out. Like just what who passed on all these stories anyways? It's something I've thought about for so long. Like, how do we know <laughs> what's it's, true? I don't know who said it, but the quote, history is written by the winners, is so true. Like, all the things that are lost because you're never getting the losing side's story. You're only getting the winning side's story. And everyone is written according to how the winning side views them. So So sad. (laughs) Yeah, always keep that in mind whenever you're learning things. Like there are two sides to every story and neither one of them is the full truth. And something else that we have coming down the pipe that we wanted to tell you guys about 
season one, the way it was formatted, they did eight episodes and then they had a huge long break and then they had eight more episodes. They call that the mid-season break. Because we're playing catch up on all of this, we're still going to honor the mid-season break of each season. And we're going to do what we call mini-sodes, which are basically where we take time to recap, plot, give our take on relationships or events that are happening within the series at that time, and kind of just take a little bit of time. We're not analyzing episodes or anything like that. We're just just us talking about a certain topic. So we've got two mini-sodes coming down the pipe towards you guys after we do both sides now. And those will release on the same day once we get them all edited and ready to go for you guys. So hope you enjoy those. And with some of the minisodes, at least, um, we plan to not have them be like an hour long. But we also want to keep the conversation very organic. So if it is ends up being a longer conversation, that's cool with us. But we just wanted to let you know they're not going to be two hours each one. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> no, they are minisodes for a reason. They're smaller episodes. But like she said, sometimes we get carried away with our conversations and we look at the clock and it's been an hour. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so guys, I think that about wraps up our conversation. We want to remind you guys that you guys can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram, you do have to search us as the.sassanac.files in order to find us for the full name. And then we're just the Sassanac Files on Facebook. If you guys have any questions or comments about anything that we've talked about in this episode or past episodes, feel free to shoot us an email at thesassanacfiles at gmail.com. And you can also reach out to us on social media. We monitor that pretty closely. So we like to talk to you guys. We'll get back to you pretty quickly on that. Um, And I think that is about it. So we will let you go for this episode of the Sassanac Files. And stay tuned for our next episode where we talk about 108, both sides now. Until then, have a good week, everybody, and we will talk at you later. Bye. Bye.